Oh no, it's another episode of Hockey Aquarium. I'm David Pendries, your host. We'll be talking some NWHL and then women's hockey in Connecticut and the Boston area. Let's get right into it. Now, um, trying to change things up a little bit, see week to week if I can make it more interesting. Going to try to keep it shorter this time. First of all, first new addition as we try to make this podcast even better is I'm going to add a little bumpers. So without further ado, the NWHL. All right. So NWHL, Boston Pride went out to Minnesota, the state of hockey, the Minnesota Whitecaps, undefeated up until this point, sitting at home in their tree or rink location. Boston Pride head out. Who's going to win? Well, Boston Pride swept them. In fascinating, fascinating results. First game, Boston Pride, four goals. Minnesota Whitecaps, two goals. That means Pride win. Gigi Marvin, two goals on her own. Mallory Soliotis, the Yale product. First first NWHL goal. Comes at a great time. And Jillian Dempsey's sixth of the year helped propel Boston over Minnesota. Katie Burt had 26 saves. She's continuing to have a fantastic season. Then... Just today, I'm taping Sunday night, the Pride obliterated Minnesota, 7-2. Marvin had a goal. McKenna Brand had a goal. And Amanda Pelkey had a goal. Amanda Gillardi had a goal. Soliotis' second goal of the weekend. Denisa Shisova, she picked up a goal. Haley Skarupa, she had a goal. Just, just, I mean, I, I listened to that game. It was just... Boston just had, uh, I mean, just had Minnesota's number, really. And I was switching back and forth between games, so I didn't hear all of it. But it just he kept turning around, and Boston knew what to do. So the so the Whitecaps are no longer unbeatable, no longer untouchable. We have some parity in the league. Anyone can beat anyone. It just got very interesting. Now we know the Pride have gotten themselves back into shape after last year's downturn. They're very dangerous. All right. Meanwhile, Pittsburgh, where the Connecticut Whale are playing a home game in Pittsburgh. Don't get too used to that, Pittsburgh. They belong to Connecticut. The Whale, the whole mystique around Whale-related hockey teams, that's ours. You can't have them. Get your own team. Now, that little rant aside... Riveters were playing the whale for the third straight week. We knew this could be a very even game. The two teams have had some very close contests, the last two, and they split. So I was expecting another close game this time. That was not the case. Miri Reisenen shut out the Riveters on her birthday, picking up the win. She made, I believe, 31 saves, if I wrote this down right. The Whale only put up 18 shots, but scored four goals on Katie Fitzgerald. Nina Rogers, her first NWHL goal, came at a good time. Turned out to be the game winner. Katarina Katarina Merzova, fifth goal of the season. She's on fire. Shannon Doyle got a breakaway. She got a turnover, got a breakaway, scored. 
just you know, great defender and just picks up these goals. You don't know, you don't ever see them coming. And Joana Barabu had, Barabu had the um, empty netter to just add the dagger at the very end. Though so they were already down uh, three nothing, but they had been uh, they had had a power play, I believe. So the whale just, I mean, what an impressive showing. And they and they did largely stay out of the box. I mean, they, they were there, but, you know, it, it wasn't like, it didn't seem as lopsided as usual. Um, just a great win for uh, the whale. But looking at it from the other side, the Riveters now, Riveters did not have Kelsey Colzer, did not have Kelly Nash, did not have Amanda Kessel. And obviously not having those players is a big deal. But, I mean, last year, Last year's Riveters didn't have Amanda Kessel either, and they were able to deal with the ups and downs that came with roster changes with not having everyone in there. The Riveters are an incredibly talented team. The newcomers, like Richard, Zieti, um I am blanking on a couple others. I mean, we're, these are, these, they should not be in this position. And you know, what, whoever wins this game was one thing. The Riveters should not have been so, um, you know, so so defeated. I mean, that, that's just not that's not how the Riveters are, and certainly not with Katie Fitzgerald back there. So, but but putting putting the question marks over Fitzgerald aside, I think this is a. I mean, let's let's back it all up. The first year you had the New, the New York Riveters, you had excellent goaltending, but they gave up a lot of goals. And why did they give up a lot of goals? Because the system wasn't working. You had a lot of talented players on the Rivers, but the system wasn't working. They just were not able to play in a way that was scoring goals and was keeping the puck out of their own net. There has been, in the history of the NWHL, no matter who is in net, they are an excellent goaltender. That, that no matter what the team is, no matter what the makeup is, they are a good goaltender. And and admittedly, there. Are, I mean, if you were to rank them, you could clearly rank some goaltenders as being higher than others. But you know, it's not like you know. There's just the 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 number of slots in NWHL for goaltenders is you know so small. You're going to have a good goaltender in there no matter what. And while there are some players that you might argue are you know elite, you know they may be on a national team or they may have won a national title in the NCAA's or something like that. Okay, but you know, and you just know that the goaltending is solid. And so when you have when you've had goaltenders that. You know, have given up a lot of goals in NWHL. There's usually a systemic problem in front of them, and that was true with the first year Riveters. That was true with the second year Whale. That's arguably true with the third year Boston Pride, um, and, and and admittedly the third year Connecticut Whale as well. Different reasons. I mean, you cannot argue that you know the you know you know Brittany Ott or Sidney Rossman or players like or you know um, Nana Fujimoto or Jenny Scrivens. Um, none of those players are you know were you know bad goaltenders. I mean, for, and, and the the first year Buttes too, same same issue. You know, uh, you had uh, quality goaltending on the Buttes, whether it's Brianne McCoughlin or. Amanda Michaela, um, Kimberly Sass, I believe, played one game in the first season, but I could be wrong about that. Nonetheless, 
the Buttes gave up plenty of goals, and 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 in fact, it, you know, but but then that's not, and so there's there was clearly a systemic issue, and the Buttes had a very talented defense too, and a very talented offense. So when when it comes down to it, when you put this much talent on these many teams, and something's going wrong, you have to ask your question about is it the coaching. You know, is it something else? Is it somehow the team's made up? But the, you might say that with a team like the Whale last year, where or the first year Riveters, where you had all these different personnel together. You might say, are they playing well together? Maybe they weren't constructed to play well together. Okay, but the Riveters have the probably the tightest core in the league. They they have a bunch of veterans. They have players that have been there for two, three years together. And it, it doesn't make sense that this is happening. And so you have to ask questions again. Is it Randy Velashek? Is it his coaching system? I heard the other day, um, I forget uh, who said, I think it was, I think it was, um, I think it was Erica Ayala said it, that Velashek had said they were going to focus Grushow more on the defense. Might have been Mike Murphy. I'm trying to remember if it was a, I think it was a Founding Fork podcast that said it might have been an article. Apologies for not nailing that one down. Um, but, I mean, the the thing is, if if um, if Belichick's trying to make Alexa Grushow focus more on defense when she proved to be very offensive before, and that may explain why her, you know, point production is down. That's ridiculous. And it, it's just... I mean, I mean, he did manage to put together some lines that are offensive. And, I mean, there have been, I mean, you know, Courtney Burke didn't come back for a while. Mia Dench was out. But I still maintain they had the personnel. So, I mean, what is it that is happening? I mean, how, how dramatic has he changed things so things are just ridiculous now? Um, it, I mean, it's it's... It just it just makes no sense. It it that they had they were I mean the first year when Chad Wiseman came in and he was struggling to adapt to the game. He was also dealing with the fact that he had all new personnel to deal with, different personalities, different styles of play. And then he had three years to construct the team he wanted and to put the system he wanted in place and sort of make it all work together. And even so, even though his team won the Isabel Cup, you know, talking to some of the fans in the crowd at times, there were still issues with even how Wiseman was deploying his players. Like there were clear flaws that were coming into play. But still, you could argue he had successfully learned how he was going to deploy his players. And, you know, and he also built the franchise up. To do that now, Velichek comes in very late in the process, dealing with a team that Wiseman constructed and continued to work on over the offseason. You know he had moved on, and so, and Velichek has very little experience, less so than even Wiseman has. Um, and I believe I believe he just played did high school. I don't know uh, any other coaching experience. Whereas Wiseman, in addition to learning from the Riveters, he was also in the Islander system working with the uh, Bridgeport Sound Tigers too. So he was having you know he was continuing to work at the high level of the you know men's hockey side as well as learning with the women's hockey. And you could see from year one to two the Riveters that improved 
dramatically. So, you know, so can Belichick improve dramatically one year to two years? Maybe, but he's clearly not doing well now. And he's driving. And the other thing about the the NWHL is you do not have your players indefinitely. You know, Mia Dench already said she's, she's leaving after this year. Um, you know, Madison Packer's already retired. She's back. But how many more years will that go? I mean, certainly other players, all it takes is a career change and you suddenly don't have, you know, you suddenly won't have a player. So what he is, you know, you know, it's always borrowed time. If you have a, if you have an Isabel Cup champion team and you're going to waste this year because you can't put it together, that's that's not good. And the league should really be evaluating right now what they could be doing to shore this up. Getting in a coach that knows what they're doing. I mean, just because, because it's just, I mean, you can see the pride have turned things around. They have a coach that knows how to, you know, pl- you know, teach and coach women's hockey, who's experienced. Uh, the Buttes have coaches that have built up the ability to do this and have proven they know how to coach. The, I mean, the Whitecaps, you know, they have experienced coach as well. And Equality has been learning quickly. Clearly, he's been able to adapt. I mean, the Whale struggled last year, though it's not like Equality didn't know what needed to happen. I mean, the Whale was in the box a lot, and they had some personnel issues. But he, I think he fundamentally knew this is what has to happen to advance the team. You know, this is the personnel I have. This is what we have to do. This is the defense we have to play. And, and so, you know, I, I don't. You know, I think he certainly understands what's going on. So it's clearly. I mean, I, it's clearly strong. Now, admittedly, I know that first year we were saying the same thing about Chad Wiseman. Does he understand what he's doing? You know, this team is not going well. But I think in that case, the personnel issues were larger. You could tell you had different types of players. And this is me talking. I am not an analytics expert. I am not a hockey expert that's going to be able to break down all these players and be like, oh, well, this person does this, this person does that. But you could just tell you had different players, stay-at-home defenders. You had players that were not that fast. You had, you know, the skilled players like Beliakova. It, it was just sort of a mishmash. So you could understand why there was kind of this conflict until the players started meshing better. As, as happened in years two, three. So, yes, we did sort of say the same thing about Wiseman. But also, that was also true that in that year, you had the case where the pride were just, you know, they had the Olympic players and they were on fire. You know, the Buttes were somewhat e- equal to the Riveters in performance with the different sort of setup. The Whale were much more dominant than they would ever have been since, and then they fell off. So it what that was kind of that, but also the Riveters had the hap, had the had the misfortune. They had to play the Pride in the playoffs. They got obliterated by the Pride in the playoffs. The Pride would be you know just a lot tougher to beat then. So it was a little more dramatic then. So that's a long way of saying the Riveters coaching situation seems to be the issue at hand. And they really should be doing something. The league should be doing something, in fact, fast to correct this, or else the riveters are going to, you know, continue to be in the situation, and it's very, very rough to see. All right, moving on to college hockey. College hockey. All right. Anyway, lots of fascinating things happened in just New England in college hockey this weekend. Run through it really fast. First of all, 
Minnesota, yes, that Minnesota, came to Ingalls Rink at Yale to take on Yale, obviously. Um, not the best lead in there, but anyway. So first game went about as well as you think it might go. Minnesota put up seven on Yale, despite excellent goaltending, in my opinion, by Tara Hoffman and Cairo O'Brien. Uh, Hoffman gave up 17 goals on 22 shots. O'Brien gave up 22 on 24 shots. But to be clear about the goaltending, Yale's defense was scrambling throughout the game. The first period was mostly in Yale's end. They were struggling to stop, to get that puck out. And if you can't get the puck out of the zone and you're just going to get in the defensive end, you're going to get exhausted. And that's just what happened. Minnesota just ran Yale ragged. And so so that was now that so I I you know Hoffman got pulled, but she was doing very well. It's just that was an onslaught. Um, Chase Dalton of Yale got her first collegiate goal ah, shorthanded, <laughs> oddly enough, on Sydney Scobie. Um, just a note on Minnesota, Grace Zumwinkle got a hat trick and missed the onslaught. Just, I mean, Minnesota is, I mean, I mean, they are as advertised. They're a very, very, very impressive team. But the next day, the next day, Yale turned it around and they held, they held Minnesota to two goals throughout nearly the entire game, scored one of their own, uh, Tabara Batov. I hope I pronounced that right. Um, had her first collegiate goal for Yale. Hoffman had 41 saves. She got to come back for the back-to-back. -back. And in 41 saves, she played excellently. And the whole tenor of the game was different. Yale played Minnesota far more evenly throughout the game. Minnesota was making mistakes. Minnesota was getting caught off guard. Yale was getting chances. Yale had some chances that just, it was like, oh, the puck just right out of the goal mouth. And just so many chances like that. Yale was generating them. It was a far more even game. Yale had a much more better defensive scheme. It just, it looked like a, just a much more um, just balanced game. And the and Yale held them to two goals. And it was when the net was empty at the end of the game, Yale, um, had a miscue with the puck literally near the net. They were corralling the puck. Minnesota stole it. Uh, I think it was Zumwinkle who stole it and just put it in. I mean, it was just a very a mistake you do not ever want to make, just having it stolen right at your net. But, I mean, so really it was closer than it would be appear. Uh, so Yale really, really, really played a very solid game versus the number two team in the country. So that was just impressive. And I can't say it enough. Yale has great goaltending. Tara Hoffman is a very impressive goaltender. She's not going to get the notice that she might elsewhere, but she's a very impressive goaltender. She kept Yale in that game, and I hope she gets more attention. Um, okay. Quinnipiac had a home-and-home home with uh, Princeton. Lost the first game 3-2. to two. Kenzie Lancaster and Brooke Bonsteel had the goals. And uh, that was that they had those goals in the last four minutes of the game as they tried to come back from a 3-0 deficit. Second game of the weekend, Providence for Quinnipiac won. Zoe Boyd, her first collegiate goal. Not but still not where Quinnipiac wants to be on the win-loss uh, tally. UConn, a week after playing Providence in the nutmeg, took on Providence 
as I just said. Providence won four to one in the first game. Morgan Fisher, 43 saves in net. Catherine Crowley had UConn's lone goal. But UConn then took it turned around the second day, winning 2-1. Brianna Colangelo with both UConn goals. Fisher made 21 saves on 22 shots. So UConn picks up a win over PC. Sacred Heart. Beat Becker 6-1. Anna Klein with the game winner. Sarah Urban made nine saves, which indicates Becker was not putting many shots on that. Then the next day, Sacred Heart had to come from behind to beat Becker 3-2-2. Maddie Bishop with the game winner. Anna Klein and Lily Cleary had their second goals of the weekend in that game. Urban made 10 saves, so there was not a lot of shots going on there now. Going to Division Three. Amherst beat Trinity 5-1. Kyle Lily Carpman made 20 saves for the Bantams. Next day, though, Trinity turned around, won 3-1. Kaylin Flaherty with the game winner, her first uh, goal in her Trinity career. Angelica Majenko had her first Trinity goal. Cartman had 32 saves. Middlebury beat Connecticut College 3-0. Uh, Carrie Donora. Carly Denora had 21, 29 saves. The next day, Connecticut College won. Middlebury won. Jordan Cross with the Camels' only goal of the game. She just dropped like a boom goes the dynamite in here right now. All right. Wesleyan beat Williams 3-0. Allie Demron with the game winner. Allegra Grant, 38 saves. Next day, though, Williams said, Haha, no, we're winning 4-0. Sam Smith was in net, made 46 saves for Wesleyan. Elsewhere, turning to Boston area hockey. Boston area college hockey. All right. That's ridiculous, but I'm going to do it anyway. All right. Now, I've been talking about Holy Cross, their first year in the, the big time Hockey East Division One. You know, it's going to be a process. And they go and break Northeastern's winning streak. <laughs> Five to three. <laughs> now, so, now nonetheless, uh, Alita Miller... At her 12th goal of the season, Veronica Petty at her 7th, and Chloe Arard had her 9th. But, uh, uh, but Holy Cross won 5-3, and not on that many shots either. The next day, the, the, the two days later, though, I'm sorry. I believe it was two days later. Now I'm confusing myself. Well, anyway, it was today. Um, Northeastern shut Holy Cross out, 3-0. Frankel with 22 saves. Petty with her eighth goal of the year. So that was one storyline. Then elsewhere, BUBC, the Battle of Commonwealth Avenue, the Battle of the Boston College Green Line. The <laughs> This one, first day, Boston U, three, BC, two. Emma Ruttrick with her, with her first Collegiate goal for BU. Jesse Comfer with her the game winner. Watts and Newkirk with goals for BC, but Boston College picked up the win. This was um, Kate Stewart for BU had 42 saves. BU did not have a lot of shots in that game. Next day, BU four, BC three. Abby Cook with two goals. Desiree D'Souza with the game winner. Corinne Schroeder with 37 saves for BU. Megan Keller, Daryl Watts had goals for BC, but BC with the two losses. And one last note, uh, Harvard took on RPI 
and Union, which I nearly said Onion, and they shut them out both times. Lindsay Reed continuing to be a fantastic goaltender, quite a standout for her in that one. Uh, Kristen, Kristen Delaverry, hope I got the first name right. It's all, all scattered there. Uh, had two goals on the weekend. Apologies if I got the name wrong on that one. Trying to speed it up this time. So, that is that for this week. Some days I'll have more features. Going to throw some other stuff in there. Um, it's just been a whirlwind of a hockey week. It's exciting. Um, hopefully, if you are an NWHL fan, you can get out to the college games because they are amazing. And if you're a college fan, you can get out to the NWHL games if they're nearby. Or, you know, if you're near Worcester, go out to the Blades games when they're around. Um, it's just fascinating to see all these teams in action. It's just, it's great opportunities. And you never know who you might be watching may end up in the pros or even on the Olympic team. You know, Kelly Panic of the Olympic team was in, for playing for Minnesota. And she is as advertised. She's an amazing player. And uh, so I can ramble all I want. Try to wrap it up right now. And as always, what's your favorite shark?